Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. It's time for an all-new Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. And just like the Flyers and Penguins did on Saturday, we're taking it outside. We are coming to you live from the parking lot of the Wildfire Studios. No, we're we're. This is wrong. We're inside. This we're, is fake news. We're in the same. We're in the same place. Yes, this is this is hockey insider. It's it's fake news. Insider. My name is Bill Matz, and I am your director of fun and games for the evening. We have a great show full of awesome Flyers content for you, because I'm thinking positively now. The, I, I'm all about it. You said that bar too high. I'm just going <laughs> to... Folks, the, folks, the Flyers have broken, Bill. <laughs> it it, this is this is the optimistic version of Broad Street Hockey Radio coming to you. Uh, let me introduce you to my panel before we get started tonight. First and foremost, my broadcast partner in crime, Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. All right, Bill. So this weekend, there was an article on Broad Street Hockey that basically called out .com? BroadStreetHockey.com on the interwebs. All right. Called out the Flyers for not partaking in the NHL initiative. It's an awareness initiative. The hockey is for everyone. Um, Basically, the NHL said, we're doing this thing as a partnership with the You Can Play Foundation. Um, And they're going to do a bunch of stuff for a lot of different groups of people. And this is what we're doing as a league. And a lot of teams really took this and ran with it. In particular, the Washington Capitals did a really great job flying in um, a female hockey player from... I'm scrolling for the article. and I I believe it was the United Arab Emirates. Thank you. Um, They did a Chinese cultural night. Um, hosted the USA Warriors. They did a Dreams for Kids with children with physical and developmental disabilities. They did a Try Blind Hockey event. Like the Capitals did a ton of stuff for this. Everyone can play. You know what the Flyers did, Bill? I don't because they didn't say anything that they were doing. Now, granted, they did host with Snyder Hockey. A bunch of stuff. That's one thing I will because I did see like uh, the uh, they took a lot of flack on social media. And while I guess their what they did or didn't do could have been disappointing, like their initiative regularly through the the Ed Snyder Youth Hockey Partnership right. is to uh, like they put hockey in the hands of people who couldn't get it otherwise. Exactly. So that's not discrediting from what they normally do and the things that they did put together in the month of February. And if you look at the article, it does list out a bunch of stuff that they did. They honored National Girls and Women in Sports Day um, with 
an expanding opportunity with girls teams. They they went to a lot of different neighborhoods. Um, They did a a college night where college hockey players talked to students uh, about how they go to school to play hockey, not school. Right, where they they don't play school. Yeah. Um, so they did they did a bunch of stuff, but the initiative was for awareness, and the Flyers didn't do that. Okay, and and like that kind of sucks. And they did they had the hockey is for everyone night, which was supposed to be last Thursday against the Capitals at home. They had two videos that are maybe fifteen seconds long. None of the none of the players were in them nobody said anything about it being that everyone can play night. And that, it just sucks. Like if you're going to bring awareness, whether it was league mandated or not, like do that. And that's what I have to say. I wonder because while they like, they are so active in, in certain regards and then kind of fly under the radar. Or don't do as much as people expect, I guess. And others, I wonder how much this is the first thing that came to mind when I saw it was, a couple of years ago when they tried to get rid of the ice girls and the uh, the men in turtlenecks just got booed out of the building a couple of times <laughs> during the preseason. Yeah. And they just don't want to hear flack from like the uh, loud minority, maybe. Well, that's the absolute worst reason oh, I can think but, of. You because, know. because you don't you don't want to oh, handle, you don't want to deal with any pushback. So no, we're not going to raise initiative. Don't we're not going to raise awareness for these groups of, of minorities that are not typically welcome in the hockey culture. We don't want we don't we don't want to stir the pot. So we're not going to do it. I guess my thought is they didn't want to give Philly fans a chance to live up to their. Uh, reputation. They but did they had it last year. They did it last year. Okay, well, they did I a you can play night That's last year. That's just the first thing I thought of. Yeah, I. It's something that the league said. Like if you're gonna now, granted, the Philly fans lived up to their height of deplority. Is that a word? I don't think so. Well, not. it is now. It is friends. now <laughs> in the com- in the comments and on. Oh my god, Facebook and the article wow. and it, it just. I mean, if you well, go wasn't to Facebook, Facebook like, no, yeah, it was not. It was not everyone, but bad, it was there was it was enough where it's just bad and like there are huge morons everywhere. You know. Well, that's very true. I was one of them in Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> but I I don't understand why that was such like I guess I don't understand why it was such a co- like a controversial article like the point it was basically making was this is a league mandated thing the flyers blew it off that's probably not sending a great message to the people that the league mandated thing was directed towards right. i don't think that's a terribly controversial thing no like, it shouldn't have yeah been. and like it, people went really really crazy or like angry at, at brush hockey and at travis and everybody wrote it like i i kind of flip it like if you're let's say the nhl had a law enforcement awareness night and the Flyers, the Flyers actually no, no, do not, that. not even a night, a month. Right. And the Flyers blew it off. Like, would the majority of the people that were really angry at Broad Street Hockey were pointing that out? Would they be angry at Broad Street Hockey if we pointed out that the Flyers blew off Law Enforcement Awareness Month? I don't I, think so. I can't I, imagine. Like, at some point, you just kind of percent no. You know, those are the exact people who would think the opposite. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, so, let's be honest with each other. Yeah. Here. And the Flyers actually do host a law enforcement appreciation. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, in, not, I'm not saying that's part. a bad thing, but no, I'm just saying not. that like so much of this is just totally based on what your political leanings are, whether you're going to be angry, and that's sad right. because this shouldn't have been a political thing. It's just like, look, people. This was an initiative meant to welcome people who aren't normally welcome in hockey for whatever reason to be to feel more welcome. And the Flyers didn't do anything about it. And I think it's totally justified pointing out that maybe wasn't the best thing to do. Yeah. And and also that it kind of sucks 
even more so because they are actually doing a lot of stuff. They're just not talking about it. And and people aren't going to know. The Flyers do a lot of great stuff. It just sucks. The only thing I can think is that they just figured like, oh, okay, this was like a big deal last year, first year. It's not really a big deal this year. Nobody's going to do anything. We'll just make a... Like, I, I, I feel like it was not like a deliberate, we're not going to do it. But know. even then, like you see that other teams are going all out for this. Throw something together. Yeah, no, I, like, I mean, I agree. Throw something it's together just, last yeah. minute. Even even if it's half-ass, half-ass is better than not at all. A half-ass is always better than no way. This is, this <laughs> is how I live my life. <laughs> the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. Hi, it's me. Um, so <laughs> since it's the last time that I can probably say this without it not making any sense, trade Braden Shen. Yeah, we are going to have a few months of not being able to trade Braden Shen. He's either going to be traded or I can't talk about trading him anymore either yeah, until, way. Until the playoffs are done and then you can get right back. Are there it. waiver trades? Do they do that in hockey or is it just baseball that I'm thinking of? So you actually can do trades after the trade deadline, but the thing is is that if you trade a player to a team, they are not eligible for They're not for eligible playoffs. for the postseason. So right, right, theoretically, right, right. the Flyers could still trade Braden Shen. They would just have to trade Braden Shen to a team that is not going to make the playoffs or does not want to use Braden Shen in the playoffs, which basically rules out every team that may make the playoffs. Why would you trade for a guy you can't which use is in the playoffs? Like every just, other for that, team. just for that little extra push to get you there, maybe. <laughs> just got to get Braden Shen for those last 10 games. Last but not least, the man with the observations, Charlie, observations, Charlie O'Connor. So... Yesterday, I got into some interesting conversations on Twitter after Ben Bishop was traded to the Kings, which was an odd trade. That was just strange all around. But I made the point that I really hope the Flyers don't go after Ben Bishop. And a couple people made the very good point of, well, if not Ben Bishop, then who do you want the Flyers to go for? And quite frankly, like I'm still totally on the never Bishop train, but it's a good point. Like If I'm going to go out there and say, I do not want the Flyers to go for Ben Bishop, and if we generally agree that the Flyers probably are not going to bring back Michael Neuvert or Steve Mason, yeah, it's kind of on me to probably present alternative options to Ben Bishop because he will probably be the biggest name on the market. And if I don't want the Flyers to go after him, then what do I want them to do? And that's it's totally fair to say, okay, give us your ideas. Totally fair. I agree with that. Charlie, yeah, give us your ideas. Um... So, a couple guys that intrigue me. I, I'm intrigued by Scott Darling, who's currently the backup in Chicago. Um, <clears throat> his contract expires. He's a free agent. He's performed very well in limited minutes. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have a problem with maybe using him as a time in a timeshare with uh, with Stolars. Anders Nilsson is sort of the backup in Buffalo. He's an RFA. Maybe you could trade for him. Nilsson is a guy I'm very – he's near the top of my list for who I would be interested in. This the, the big thing for me is that I just – I don't want to – I wouldn't even – I would have a problem with them going after Bishop if they could get him to like a two- or three-year deal. Which I, obviously, I, I just, why I just would don't, he sign Yeah, him? I don't think he would agree to that because he's a free agent. And he's probably the best goalie on the market. Yeah. You probably ask for five or six years. And I don't feel comfortable locking up a 31-year-old goalie to a five- or six-year contract when you have yeah. four or five really good prospects in the minors. Speaking of, what do you think about this crazy pants idea that Hart could make the team next year out of camp? Oh, you mean the Kurt idea? Yeah, the Kurt, the Kurt idea. idea. It was Kurt, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? Blame him. <laughs> I mean, give him a shot, I guess. But I, I, I find it. Let's high- just roll with Stolars and Hart. Let's just go full weird. I find it highly unlikely he'll be the, the team will deem him physically ready at I, age nineteen. I know. But, I don't know. I know I'm looking at what I want from the season next year and what I want from the rest of the season this year. Quite honestly, and I look at Anthony Stolars 
if not the goalie of the future, the goalie of the right now until those other guys who are higher-graded prospects are the goalies of the future. Sure. Until that future is here. That's fair. And regardless, you need someone to help bring Stolars along. You like how I'm like purposefully saying Stolars now that I'm not saying Stolars? Yeah, you yeah, are. Stolars You're doing a good job. Stoli the goalie. Stolars the goalars. I want, I want <laughs> someone who can mentor, someone who's been in the league a while, someone who isn't going to have a long contract, someone who's not going oh, to I take know. a bunch of money. I want Ryan Miller. Ilya Brizgolov. Oh, I would take him in a second. <laughs> I would take Briz back. I would Perfect take Briz mentor. back. Anytime. I wonder what the... I mean, if, we're paying him anyway. If any, if any player <laughs> has ever received two paychecks from the same team. I Ooh, wonder, that's something like, to look into. No, Every but, time I read about the fact that he's still getting paid with us, I'm like, I don't even care. Oh, he's going to be getting paid forever. He's yeah. earned that money with his charm. Screw it. It's Comcast. <laughs> I hope they pay him twice. That's true. <laughs> no, I want, I want to bring in Ryan time. Miller, who will play next year at 37, to split... Maybe a 60-40 timeshare with Stolars. Remember we had that conversation about how sometimes you think that 2004 was 10 years ago? <laughs> I feel like that's this what's has happening nothing with, to you with do, Ryan Miller. This has nothing to do with him being a star. I don't expect him to win again next year. I want a guy who's competent who can split time with Stolars. That's Ryan Miller. Is he that? Yeah. He's, he's still decent. Competent? He's as good or better than Mason. Uh, well, I mean, this year, yeah. That, if we're not going to look at 2004, we have to look at 2017. He's also much older. And uh, I, I don't care. If you were, if you were I don't go, want him to play 70 yeah, games. If you were going to go wanna, after Miller, you'd want to at most sign him to a one-year deal. That's all I want is a one-year deal because then Stolors becomes your starter two years from now. I don't necessarily hate it. But if, if you're going like that line of thinking, why not just bring back Ray Emery? Because Ray Emery cannot play. Yeah, he's broken. <laughs> not really. He's okay. broken. I'm asking if you have the song ready to go, Steph. Oh, no, I didn't even okay. have it up. Okay, well then. Well, folks. <laughs> oh, yeah, you in, like the Flyers? <laughs> insert song. We can sing it. <laughs> the Flyers are a Are team. we done with the tapes? They play I'm just going to. called hockey. I didn't, I didn't know that you were done. I thought we were still talking about goalies. No, that's, I, uh, do we have more to add? Well, well can we, can we stretch this? There it is. Yeah, Taylor's like coming in. No. <laughs> They play a sport called hockey. We're gonna talk about the hockey team known as the Flyers. Score a goal. The Flyers. Win the game. The Flyers. Score a goal and then win the game. The Flyers. Thank you very much for turning on this show. In case you didn't know, it's Broad Street Hockey Radio. Talking about the Flyers. Talking about the players. Talking about the goals. And when they win the game. Their names are Bill and Kelly and Steph. I love it now. I'm, I, I I like that song so much. Now. What we really, happened we really to you in Pittsburgh? This guy, didn't we? What, what happened? the hell happened to Just you? How what much did, did you they drink? do to you? No, I'll tell you right now what happened to me in Pittsburgh. Did you eat a sandwich with French fries on it and had some kind of spiritual awakening? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't eat that stuff anymore. Look at me. I, mean, <laughs> I am. I am the obvious. My body is clearly a temple <laughs> in which was used to store grain. <laughs> Uh, no, I watched the Flyers uh, in the outdoor game against the Penguins, 
And I took in the whole atmosphere and had a good time. That stadium is whatever. It's fine. It's a football stadium. It's got no soul, but whatever. Uh, and I watched them for the second consecutive game, going back to the, the Capitals game, and said, they're not playing bad. In fact, this might be as well as they can play. And they still lost by two or three goals in both games. And that's just who they are. So, like, how can I get mad at some? Like, how can I be mad at a team for being who they are? Expecting more from them would be stupid of me. So, they're just a bad team. Like, last year they got hot. This year they got hot for 10 games, and that was it. Last year it was at a much more timely like point in the schedule, and for longer. It didn't happen this year, and that's all there is to it. That's what happened to me in Pittsburgh. Well, that's... I, I, was, I was leaving this to Charlie. <laughs> no, I, I mean... I don't 100% agree, but I think we're closer than where we were a week ago. So, yeah. Much like my parents when they reflect upon my life, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. I can't even, like, why would I be disappointed in a team full of not good players to be not good? Why some would... of them could be better. They have some guys who are pretty good, but, I mean... I'm disappointed <sighs> in you specifically, Claude Drew, and also Jake Ford. What like a was... Bit. Uh, so and also stadium, you goalies. Yeah. The stadium series at Heinz Field was Saturday. Charlie, you were there as a member of the press. I was. I, I was the there as man in orange tuxedo representing Broad Street Hockey Radio. Well, I'm glad somebody could do it. <laughs> and uh, I'm not. I had, I, I'll tell you something though. Three different people came up to me and were like, you're Bill Matz. I love the show. Did they really? That's Swear awesome. to God, That's Dan, awesome. Dan, Silver, awesome. Dan Silver from Twitter. Okay. And uh, a couple other people. All were like whose names he was too drunk to remember. Do they know what you look like, or do they just purely go on by your voice? I think it was by my voice because that's at really this cool. point, incredible. At this point, I was leaving the stadium screaming nonsense. <laughs> well, so basically, what you do on the show. Yeah. And so they were like, "Oh my, I don't have earbuds in. This is live." And they came up to me. Also, I was wearing an orange tuxedo, so like, hard you to know, miss. hard to miss. But uh, yeah, so I, what did you think of just the whole, the whole, the whole thing, Charlie? It was neat. I, I've I've never Neato gang. Yeah, I mean I've never done one of these. Uh, okay, I had yeah. never been to one of these outdoor games. Even the the game in Philly, I I didn't go to that. Um, I definitely didn't go to the one in Fenway. It was cool. I did. It was a cool atmosphere. The when the when it was snowing in the second period, that was really neat. Do you think that was real? Yeah, I thought it was a gimmick. You thought it was fake. The exact same thing Thanks, happened. No. The exact same thing happened in 2012 at Citizens Bank Park, where all of a sudden there was just like flurries coming from the roof. I was like, this is a gimmick. But it, it was probably it looked real, real on uh, maybe TV. Real. Well, from the press from press row, you couldn't actually see the roof. Okay, it was weird. Like the way that the, the way the press row works, there's like an overhang, so you can't see the top levels. All right, all, all we right. could see was the rink and the lower levels, and that was it. So, so if, you got a great view of train. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, fantastic boy. view of train. That was the whole reason why I was there. Actually, to see them. Stop Super talking. Shit I, I, about I, I, train. I wasn't going to go, and then then when they switched one one republic to train, it was like, all right, now I'm in. Uh, but it was cool, and it would have been cool if the Flyers would have, you know, actually won the game. But I mean, let's be realistic here: it's the Flyers. Yeah, it's closer were... than I expected it to be, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> Same. Uh, yeah, when Crosby got that goal, I was, oh, it's going to be like this, isn't it? And then they kept it. They kept it reasonable through the time. I will yeah. say, I because I've been to all three of the outdoor games. Uh, the one in Fenway is. The coolest thing I've ever seen. Really? That was, the, I, yeah. Well, my friends and I like got tickets through some broker like before they went on sale. To, I, I have no idea how we did this, and then all of a sudden, we were sitting on the Green Monster. Like wow. I don't. I heard that was the best spot too. It was the coolest thing ever, and the 
the Philly one was awesome because it was at Citizens Bank Park. Like that place is such is so special to me personally. And then you got to see the freaking Flyers play there. Yeah. This I I just when they do it at football stadiums, uh, no, they're all one. They're all the same. All football stadiums. Yes. There's no soul to football stadiums. And Heinz Field is like the link, but worse. <laughs> But bad. I hate them in football stadiums. You're too far away. Too far away. The rink looks tiny and yeah. weird. They have to fill in all that negative space with dumb stuff like fake snow. Or I like that they didn't have the fake snow. I was glad. I was glad they didn't do that because that's always just so stupid, especially when it's like 45 degrees and sunny and there's like <laughs> yeah. fluffy it, it was, fake it snow. It was cold though this time. It, yeah, it was cold. It was funny how it like, was windy as hell. Yeah, like four days before they were talking about, oh, it's going to be like 70 degrees. It's going to yeah. be a disaster. And I guess the entire forecast just did a 180 shift we should spend the rest of the time talking about the weather because that's exactly what they did on the broadcast it, how, it was, was all it, really? it was all about the I, weather was and it about the wind. Despair creating global warming no it was not no about one mentioned ghosts. that oddly enough i heard the camera angles were awful they, they were, were terrible. terrible it was it was painful to watch it like was it like the kind of thing where you like have to close your eyes a little bit because you start to get like dizzy and Yikes. weird. It was not good. They were just yeah. overusing the sky cam. Yes. yes. It, it was, was pretty much all they the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's, bad. And, uh, and I was told that the bigger the TV you have, the easier it was to watch. That is not true. <laughs> I have I have a, a 65 inch TV. It was not Sony. true. <laughs> it was not true. It was bad. If you get a 4K Sony, it was easy as hell to see. I don't know. You uh, might as well go get one. Well, <laughs> can disagree. <laughs> well, one cool thing, and you can probably speak to this even more than I can, but it, the Flyers fans really turned out well. Oh, yeah. Like, really, That's what it really seemed like. Well. It seemed like four out of every five people I know it was, were out there. And it was before... I got to my seat because that—that's the thing I hated about the stadium. Is it's—it was like the the link is still kind of like this, but they've started to fill in the gaps where like you can't get to every section from like mm. you're upstairs and you're like oh my section's up oh, yeah I've got to go downstairs and circle the stadium to get where I'm going. It's mm. so, like I'm still getting to my seats when they announced Crosby, and he got booed. And I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be. Fun. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be good. Oh, this no, is this, this is, is where we're good. at. Were there actually a lot of empty seats? Because on television, I mean, because they're bright yellow seats, so they're very obviously empty. There were quite a lot of them. Quite a few um, visible on television from like halfway through the game on. Yeah. That place started to empty out. Really? What in the world? Oh, I was. We were giving it to some penguins because penguins fans." You can tell they're only fans because of winning. Because oh, yeah. all they talk, it, it like, uh, and I said like openly, my team sucks. And then people started <laughs> chanting, "My team, su- his team sucks," and it was really well. funny. But I was like, "Yeah, you know, my team sucks." And like, have you ever seen the Flyers win a cup? I was like, "No." <laughs> and you know what? I'm probably not going to. Oh yes, you are. But I'm still going to show up. And you know, you started watching hockey in '06, and they're like, "Yup." I was like, "Yeah." So I don't respect you. Like, See, yeah. I hate that argument. I hate that argument a lot. No, they started watching because they got a good player. I don't mind. And they had Mario before that, and they still didn't watch. I don't mind new fans. I do mind an entire city of new yes, fans. Yes, exactly. Right. That disappear the second the team When you were going to lose your bad. team to Kansas, Kansas City. city. Yeah. When, you're, when the legendary Mario Lemieux had to step in and say, I'm not going to move the team, and then magically you get Sidney Crosby. Wow, big surprise there. What a weird thing that happened yeah. that year when now, they won the lottery. It totally didn't seem fixed at all to anyone. I think it's good, and... It's hard to say as a Flyers fan. I think it's a good thing for hockey. I think it's a good thing for the league as a whole that the Penguins got so many bandwagon fans. And I certainly don't look down on 
fans that jumped on the bandwagon, if you want to call it that, or became fans when they drafted Crosby or when they started making the playoffs. The one thing that does irritate me, and this I think is just a byproduct of the fact that they've never seen bad hockey really, is that a lot of Penguins fans have this mentality that like everything is always going to go their way because it's they've never seen They've never, they've ever gone through a period where everything sucks. I was, and, in- and, and and when you see them on on Twitter and you see them on social media, just so perplexed when their team doesn't win, it's like you know Flyers fans. We've had so many years where just like we have a year like this year where literally everything that can go wrong, everything that can possibly go wrong goes wrong, and then it almost makes you appreciate the good stuff even more when they happen so rarely. And I think a lot of Penguins fans just have never had that, and they can get quite insufferable as a result. <laughs> what did you what did you think of the city of Pittsburgh as a whole? How much like did you spend I was I wasn't time? there very okay. long. I, I've been to Pittsburgh though before. It's Did you know yeah, they have fine. bridges? It's a lot less of a third world country than I thought it would be. But I It ain't great. I will tell you like if downtown Woodbury got a baseball team, it would look exactly like Pittsburgh. You're not wrong. <laughs> there were some cool bars. I asked, like, there was... Is Wood- Woodbury, is that where we are now? That's where we are right yeah. now. Okay. <laughs> not, not this part. Like, you know, a, a different part of it. Okay. <laughs> By the oil refineries? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I asked one, like, we're walking, uh, me and a bunch of my friends are walking, like, someplace, and we're just like, what's the tailgating scene like? And a guy goes, the bars are opened. I'm like, well, one, it's... Saturday afternoon, would they typically not be open? <laughs> yeah, that's a good Two, question. I asked about tailgating. I, do I have to draw a picture, or can, can you can you use the context clues here? Mm. But I don't know. It was it was, but it was cool. Yeah, well, it was I mean, a nice I mean, little place. We stayed at an Airbnb that was on Railroad Street, and it's exactly what you imagine it is. <laughs> it's a railroad on the street. And when I was turning like down, like a trolley? No, like it's just a rail, like a rail. Like in right next, right next to the street. Oh, and wow. it's basically on the street itself. And I turned down, and I'm thinking to myself, "Wait a minute, is this like? Am I even allowed to drive on this? Is this just a railroad?" And then it opened up into an actual street. Like, oh, okay, it's a street. But that was weird. We that, jammed, that was a little odd. And that was like right on the river, I think. We jammed oh. six people into a residence inn that overlooked PNC Park, and that place looks gorgeous. I have no PNC, idea. Oh, PNC is beautiful. I have no freaking idea why they wouldn't do it there. Other than they just wanted to fit in 70,000 people that's instead of four. I feel like we all left after they're 20 just, minutes. Yeah, they're doing football stadiums now. I feel like that's just what they're doing. Yeah, PNC we're Park is, is legitimately one of the best ballparks. In yeah, walking by that awesome. place, we we're like, uh, I guess we should go to a Pirates game, right? Mm, Steph, then you, you don't baseball. Stuff. I don't, but then you'd have to go back to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'd go did, back. Did you have one of their terrible sandwiches that are dry and have... Uh, no, we didn't go to any of them. Disgusting, we went to some, uh, soggy my, fries. My buddy's one girlfriend like planned the whole trip. And like she like made us reservations at like good places. Oh, good! So that good. was fun. Hey, we got bottomless bottomless mimosas at this place called the Yard. It was excellent. That's Can cool. I date this woman? <laughs> <laughs> that's so, what so I should. We in my should life. we start talking guess, actually yeah. about the hockey we team oh. players now? Yeah. No, I guess that's a thing that we do here. <laughs> no. So, so Brandon Manning suspended two games. Hold on, no. I want to talk about you retiring the Orange Tux because they've gone zero and three in outdoor games that you've worn this fucking Orange Tux at. It's so All much right. fun to wear it though. No, like, no it's time to burn. To I was leaving the stadium and this Pittsburgh. Fan, like this older gentleman comes up, taps me on the shoulder, goes, Yeah, I'll show sportsmanship. You want to get a picture? Yeah, sure. I like took a picture with a Pittsburgh fan, and like that guy will go home and tell his friends, like, I met a Philly fan, and he wasn't an abhorrent drunk. He was just a drunk. And like, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he so. wasn't drunk. What if we get you a new one? Maybe. It does, it is, it is. It's just, <laughs> show us a wear and tear. Show us, all right, so, Brandon Manning. Yeah. 
suspended two games for I, I didn't realize how much interference it was from the angle I oh, was, it was at. Bad. It was pretty it was late. Pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was this was very very clearly interference, but like that is The nice puck one. was actually in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so but, I can buy you this tux. Done. Yeah, all right. Sure. All right. <laughs> uh what like I don't know. Is it suspendable though? Like it just kind of inter- it's a late hit. It's violent, I, I guess. I think if he hadn't so fully and completely nailed him in the head. Yeah, that it was... probably wouldn't have okay. been. Yeah, all right. But well, he got him right square in the head. He and didn't I don't get know... him in the head first. Like he, it was, it was shoulder Are you contact Scott first. Stevens me right and now? then he blasted oh, it. Oh, what? Charlie. You just Scott Stevens me. Did I? Yes. Oh. He didn't. That I don't think he, he got it, his shoulder first. No, he definitely did. It wasn't. It wasn't direct contact to the head. Again. But I think he, the follow through hit the head. And the problem is, is that because it was such a late hit, when. You, when you're already doing an illegal hit and then you make later contact with the head, that's when they, they can throw the book at you. I just like think, why not just give him a major on the ice? Well, that's what it, it is. Because the refs on the ice are yeah. incompetent. And, and we, we that, it was a really poorly called game, but it was supplemental discipline. Because nothing was called on the ice, they had to do something because it was it was illegal. Like, I don't, Brandon Manning doesn't dress for the next two games. That, yeah, that doesn't yeah, affect him yeah. either way. Crap, yeah. but like, Too bad. Know, like a two-game so suspension bad. for a late hit? Like I don't know. A guy got six for trying to take someone's eye out. Like, this yeah. is a third of that? I don't know. No. <laughs> it just seems... And like I look at that Malkin hit, which I didn't think was nearly as bad as everyone else here did, and he got nothing. Yeah, but nothing. he's Evgeny Malkin. He's Evgeny Malkin. Malkin's yeah. never going to get any. No, M- M- Malkin will be like forty years old. He could bite like someone's his ear last off year the in the ice. league, and he'll like trip a guy, and they're like, oh, "All right, we'll suspend him," so we could say we suspended Evgeny Malkin yeah. once. No, he's probably going to really, really hurt somebody, and then get two games. Yeah, because he, because he doesn't have a record. Right. He'll get, the most, he'll get a hearing. No, the most surprising thing about Brandon Manning when I saw the suspension was that he has no priors. I thought for sure he'd have one. I thought that he He's had not, one. He's not, like... Edmonton insanity aside, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. he's really not a dirty player. No, like, Pierre like, Edward Belmar hit, has been suspended. Yeah, Before he came back up, I just remember looking at a guy who had like 200-plus penalty minutes in the AHL thinking... Oh, okay, oh, like this is who he is. Yeah. He's just kind of a sixth defenseman who will headbutt you. And he's kind of turned into yeah, that. So, like, so, like some guy from, from Vancouver who I follow basically treated like, why is Brandon Manning still in the league? Am I missing something here? And I responded with, yes, yes, you are. Like, <laughs> I, like, we have a lot of answers to that question. I mean, I mean not watch the video where they said he has no prior convictions? Yeah. <laughs> I like. Does he belong in the league? I don't know. Borderline. Yeah, I mean, does he dirty? Yes, does he belong in the league? Just play. That's yeah. one thing. But it's like, should we kick him out of Remember the league because first he month? happened to piss off Connor McDavid yeah. once? No. Remember that first month when we had the conversation? Is Brandon Manning actually good? Yeah, yeah. Remember, remember that? Remember I think I, I, when we would say things like, "Isn't it great to have two good goalies that you can rotate?" Remember when we had these conversations? Oh man, those the days. We were stupid. We, we were just were so young and stupid. naive back we in were those so days. Stupid. So let, let me let me give you a funny stat on Brandon Manning. I just want to pull it up here. So the first, I think it was like the first seven. Let's see, one, two, three. Four. Brandon Manning and Matt Reed looked like all stars for the first week of the season. Yeah. So in the first 10 games of the year, Brandon Manning had seven points, <laughs> in, in, including, including two goals. He was he, oh. So he had two goals, five assists in, uh, in his first 10 games. In, the, in the, the games, let's see, he has now played since those 10 games. He's played 43 games. And he so he's has, eligible to be taken in the expansion and, draft. Yeah. He's, so first, first 10 games, seven points. Next, 43 games, three points. 
Just a bit of a drop yeah, off. Yeah, Brandon man. Manning. Maybe well, just a little bit of a hot streak. Every time. Like, like, and sometimes like I see his name, and it's just straight up that Nick Schultz like can't play more than 15 minutes. But like, I look at Brandon Manning as like a staple in the lineup, and I go, he's still living off the reputation of those first 10 games. Oh, yeah. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. He'd be back in the AHL. And also, like you know, they need him to play those 40. I think tomorrow at work, I'm going to listen to like our second show of the season and laugh at how hysterically positive how we were. How optimistic we were. Oh, yeah. Maybe we, maybe were we all need to do that. I think it would be hilarious. We just want to punch ourselves. Well. That's the problem. Not me, Charlie. I'm positive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want to punch myself on the regular, so like that's fine. So, so, I mean, Michael Roffel got speared in the nuts during this game. I like that it too. says testicles it here. Well, I wrote that and then I said this out loud. <laughs> um, nothing. Like, there was no penalty called, no supplemental discipline. Spearing in the balls is 100% legal. I've learned that this week. I don't think that it should be. Well, well I mean, Lucic has done it, what, like five yeah, times? Yeah, it happened to Brandon Manning. It happened to Michael Roffel both times. There was no discipline well, for not it. Well, not only with, with the Manning one was great, because not only was it not a penalty, was, was it? it was a penalty, but Manning got a penalty for embellishment. For diving. Yeah. Because, like, that's not what happens when you get you know, hit in the balls. You don't fall down. <laughs> you don't go down pain. that hard. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't actually hurt, right, guys? Right? It's fine. <laughs> so I have a... I have a <laughs> they just ignore it. I have a question for you guys. Oh, no. Why does Dave Haxtell hate Steve Mason? Because he's got blonde hair. Or maybe brown. No, I do. <laughs> because he... I get yelled at for saying that he's blonde, even though I think he is. A grown man shouldn't be blonde, but beyond that, <laughs> it's weird. What? Charlie's it, it hair is. is the lightest color I would take from an adult. Charlie's a ginger. Yeah, and that's fine. Okay. That's totally acceptable. Kelly's hair is lighter than Charlie's. I don't know what's Kelly happening. is a woman. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> but not an adult? Please stick to sports. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's not do that. I said a grown man shouldn't be blonde. That's all I said. It's strange. So, oh, I go? did. I missed. I yeah, back, that, that actually back to the, sports. I mean, no, anyway, back to sports. He's back, got blue why, eyes. Why does Steve Axel hate Steve? Mason? I don't know. I, I really don't because it's very clear when you have a goalie like Neuvert who <laughs> plays in nine out of ten games of February when he's had when he has a save percentage that month of less than nine hundred that you've basically said, okay, Steve Mason, you are never playing again. Because of, of course now he's playing against Colorado tomorrow. Oh yeah, sure. Well, it's Colorado. What if Steve Mason chooses food really loudly? Uh, you know what? That does is annoying. That's a good that? point. No, because like you make I'm, a what, strong what argument. If, what if he is uncontrollable flatulence? I have issues with both of these goalies, but, but Steve Mason is clearly yeah, the better objectively, one. Objectively, Steve yeah. Mason is better, and like I've advocated at points to try to ride Neuvert, but I know what happens if you do that, and it is exactly what happened against Pittsburgh. But it's not like that was the anomaly game where it's like, yeah. oh, he got worn down and he just happened to play poorly. He was playing poorly well before that. that. That's the thing. Like I have no problem with you riding one goalie if they're playing well. Yeah, Michael Neuver was not playing well and he just kept getting thrown out there for start after start after start. And I mentioned in my observations because some people were saying, well, they should have started Mason in, in the winter and the stadium series. It's like, okay, well, you couldn't yeah, at that point. Well, well, maybe, but like he hadn't played. So your two choices were either you start a cold goalie who's played once in, in, the, the, last, cold. in the last yeah. month or you start a guy who's been sucking. And it's like, okay, well, you have no good decisions here. You were probably going to get a bad goaltending performance regardless of what you did. Because you mismanaged your personnel. That's weird and different. OMG! Dave Haxtell is a bad coach. What? What? Coaches, more than anything, love having options. And 
he is he totally paints himself into cor- into corners with the decisions he makes where he yep. has no options. Hmm. Like going into Saturday, he had to play Neuvert, mm-hmm. and you knew he was going to play bad. But the only other option was to play Steve Mason for the first time in a month, and who would do that? Yeah. So yeah. like I can't. <laughs> no, you you made a good point in the in the outline about is it possible that it was the the first impression and that, that's, that's a, the it, only it, thing it's I a can theory point to. it's a theory and it maybe that it, maybe you're right maybe it's that because Mason got off to the bad start Hackstall's first month on the job yeah. Steve Mason who was supposed to be the number one goalie had was the worst he'd been since he was in Columbus. And he just hasn't been able to shake that first impression that yeah, Neuvert is the guy who got him through his first two months of as an NHL coach. Super important to hold on to that kind of thing for the rest I, of your life. I'm, I'm just trying to come when, up like, with reasons here. There was here. a really serious family situation. Like, yeah. you cannot... I'm just you, trying like, to... No, this, I, I think... This, yeah. make, this makes me think less of him, this whole thought. It's, uh, it's just a theory, but like... it. It's the. I'm it's, trying to explain it, yeah, something so I can't hard. explain. Well, well no, I, know, it, I mean, none of it makes sense. It, it also fits with why Chris Vandevelde is still playing all the time because, well, Chris Vandevelde helped him out in college and, like, that's cool. So he's sticking around. <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 it drives me batshit. Neuvert has a newborn on the way. He's going to need the money. I, who knows? That was legitimately one of the few stories of the past month with regards to the Flyers that made me smile. It really was great. It's great. I was literally like, wait, I'm sorry, what now is happening? <laughs> so, yeah, so Michael Neuvert is dating Radko Gudis's sister. Who, by the way, Stephanie called Radka, and I nearly died because I thought it was her <laughs> real name. That would be awesome. Well, so uh, that wasn't my joke. I did steal that from someone on Twitter because Still the, funny. The, the tweet that announced this was Radko Gudis's sister is having Michael Neuvert's baby or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, well, what, what's her name? Like, can we hear what this woman's name is? And a bunch of people responded with really funny. Yeah, plays on the name <laughs> Radko Gudis. A bunch also responded with her name. She's apparently a famous singer in the Czech Republic. Very pretty. Um, my first response was, Michael Neufert married? He's not. <laughs> he, well, he, was, he was two years ago, but they got divorced within the year. Whatever. So. Um, but that was my first reaction. So, but speaking of the goalies, Travis wrote that article today about you know, how goalies basically, you're not getting anything for them. No. Beyond what I think, get rid of them just because I want to see Stolars. Is there a reason to trade one of them other than I, to bring someone in that you can expose to the expansion draft? I most, in all honesty, Bill, I mostly agree with you. Like, I, <laughs> even if you're getting a sixth round pick for one of them, I wouldn't have a problem with just shipping one of them out if you've decided you're not going to resign yeah. either of them just to give Stolars some time at the end of the year. The only possible argument I could think of against wanting to give Stolars time is the idea that if you're not going to protect Stolars, you kind of want to keep him like a secret. Okay. You don't want All him right. to come up and do really well the last month of the year, and That's then you have to, then you have to protect him because then obviously Vegas is going to take the guy who finished with you know a 930 save percentage in 15 games. Okay. But I can th- they protect him? I think yeah they, they can. can. If they have well, another they have goalie to, to, to yeah, expose, which I'm else, sure right. they'll find a way. If they really, yeah. I, I think what's going to happen in the end is I think they're going to protect Stolars, and they're probably going to either sign somebody real quick, or they're going to trade for somebody, or they're going to. You know, they'll figure out something if they want to protect Solars. I'm I'm confident in that. And could I think you, in the end, I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're could you do something super shifty like sign the kid that 
cleans the goalie equipment to a one day contract as no, your backup beca- because, goalie? No, because the whole point of the of the rule is that the goalie has to have played in a certain amount of oh, games okay. the previous. F- is it forty? It's, it's the AMAC the, rule. It's, it's the AMAC. It's basically the goalie okay, version yeah. of the AMAC. But true, <laughs> it's the AMAC rule, but true. <laughs> Uh, so I just have a quick uh, uh, something I just want to throw at you guys. Uh, oh. Assess Jake Voracek. I like Jake. I like his beard. I'm glad that he got rid of his beard. I, I missed it. What are, I liked what when it, he looked like Animal from the Muppets. What exactly are we assessing? Tell me what you think about Jake Voracek, comma, hockey player, period. <laughs> so, so that's a really broad. Disappointing yeah. this mm-hmm. year. Yeah, I know it's broad. It's broad you on just, purpose. You just want us to talk about Tell excellent. me what you think about Jake Voracek right now. Because I'll tell. Oh, here's what I think. I'll tell you what I think. After alternating between what was pretty much a point a game and three quarters of a point a game for four seasons, he went like point nine nine to point seven six to like point nine six to point seven five or something like that. Uh, for four years, he alternated that pace. Right now, he's basically splitting the difference, and I think this is the exact. This is who Jake Voracek is more accurately than ever. He is a guy like you can see sometimes who is completely capable of taking over a shift, who may dominate a game. But you cannot count on him to be a superstar. And that's not a knock on a guy. Most players aren't superstars. There's a couple of superstars in this league. He's not one of them. I think he's a very good player, and he can win you games. But, like, I I don't know if he's everything we think he is, but when he's playing poorly, it's not... Like, I called him a second-line player uh, a week or two ago, and I feel like I was too negative in that assessment. Bill had a fucking epiphany in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't know. Things have happened. Bill's a, a Buddhist now, I think, but that's okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. Like, I, f- I feel like I don't want to evaluate any of our players based on this season. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, word for word, exactly what I was going to say. But this I, season I, I is a black hole of shit for a number of reasons. Or did last year they get lucky down the stretch? I know, but... Well, yes, but this is... In which he played terribly. Jake Voracek was bad for most of the year last year. Yes. I would call this year the off year and not the previous four. I mean, if I'm evaluating him. See, I think Bill, though, in all honesty, Bill is... Is looking at it over the last three or four years. He's looking at you know the averages of his of his performances over the past three or four years. I I, I don't think Bill's being unfair. I the point I will make though is that like I don't think Jake Voracek is a superstar in the sense that he's one of the top ten or fifteen or twenty best players in the NHL. I do think that we as hockey fans in many ways with the way we evaluate players are still stuck in the mindset of what things were like in the 90s. Yes, where we're like 100 points, that's yeah. a star. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like, one like, guy had 100 points last year. Like, if you're over 60 points, you're a first liner. You're a first liner, easy. If you're around 70 points, you're an above average first liner. If you're a point per game guy, you're an elite player. And Jake Voracek is a first line player yeah. who is capable of playing like an elite player is he a guy who every year you should expect to be a point-per-game player? No. No, you shouldn't, and that's why he's not an elite player. But you can't say, oh, he's a second-liner. Like, no, he's he's a very good first-line yeah. player. He's a, a step below the echelon. And if we're if you think that paying him $8 million a year means that he has to be an 
a superstar to justify that contract. That's just wrong. And last week you said something to me that I, I had to actually think about when we were talking about both Giroux and Voracek. Well, the one thing anybody I- has ever said to him that made him think. <laughs> hey, you know what? Let, let's, let's just let Bill no, say I'm smart sorry, stuff. I'm no, sorry. I'm sorry. Because I was talking about how the production drop-off for the... I was talking specifically about Giroux, but threw Voracek in there because their contracts are almost the same. Yeah. And... I said, and you were like, okay, you don't think they should be making the like eight point five or whatever the hell they're making, but say they're making seven. That's what you're going to have to go out and if you trade them away and then have to bring in someone else eventually, you're going to pay them seven. So it's not that crazy of a thought that like, while they might be a little overpaid, it's not. That's not what is going to kill them. Yeah, and the problem with. I feel like the problem, too, with comparing contracts is, like, we look at Claude Giroux's contract, we look at Jake Voracek's contract, and we see $8 million a year, and you think, oh, well, you know, $8 million a year, they should be getting, you should be playing, like, superstars, because there aren't that many players that make $8 million a year. Well, the problem is, is that a lot of the players that are better than Jake Voracek and Claude Giroux right now haven't, haven't signed that big yeah. contract mm-hmm. yet. Like, they're in the prime of their career, which occurs between the ages of 20 and 25, so they haven't gotten the big money yet because they just haven't gotten to that point. If you want to lock up guys, in their mid to late 20s you're going to have to that that are at that upper tier first line first line forward level you're going to have to pay them 8 million dollars you're like that's the market rate for them so your choices are basically either you sign a guy like that to that kind of money or you let him go and the flyers chose to sign the two guys that they had that were upper level first line players to those contracts now you know, we'll see what happens. Generally speaking, when you sign those players to those contracts, you sign them operating the assumption that the back half of the contract probably isn't going to be the best in the world. And, and that's the price you pay. Uh, that's I believe kind of it, the price you pay for it. it yeah. Uh, Chicago's GM called it the price you pay for winning. Of course, of the, course Flyers the Flyers don't win. Won, yeah. well, it's, that's that to get little those detail. players. But like when you look at like uh, a Marion Hosa contract. Is he the player he was when he signed it? Absolutely not, but he's still totally useful. And that started, and that's what I thought about Claude Giroux. If he's just, if he really is a really good second line center when they do eventually like become a good team, maybe trade for somebody, bring in another guy who's capable of the same production and have a one two punch, he could get back to like, okay, you're not depending on him to play 20 minutes. He can be that great penalty killer again and give you 55 points. And that would be a hell of a useful tool. But, you know, they just don't have those other guys. Yeah, the, the concern... This optimism. No, I was looking at the... Uh, the uh, Who did Minnesota trade for today? I'm blanking. Hansel. Hansel. I'm looking at that, and I'm, like, getting angry about what the Flyers are and looking at that, and then I think, you know, Hansel's going to score 20 goals this year. Is he a superstar? Absolutely not. But who's Jeru's Hansel? Like, who is the guy on the third line that's going to score 20 goals for him? He doesn't exist. The problem, one of the problems, and this is, again, not... You two are making hilarious faces. Well, there's... there's the Capitals a, may have gotten Shattenkirk. Yeah. Oh, El- Elliot, Elliot Friedman is reporting a lot of rumbling. Sorry, we're, we're going back. It was first reported oh, by Eklund, fine. and Great. now... Sorry, that's what we're making faces about. One, oh, yeah, what, but good, good. Here, here's something... You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Here, here's something Breaking to say news. about... Uh, about the situation the Flyers have with their scoring. So mm-hmm. this isn't absolving Giroux and Voracek because both of them, I believe, can play better than what they've played this year, at least in terms of point production. Yes. But if you look at the guys they have as who, who really should be like the next tier of support scoring, and those three guys are Simmons, Shen, and Couturier. Those, in my mind, are the three guys you look to. You're like, okay, that's that's your, your next tier down after Giroux and Voracek. The only one of the guys that's really performing up to what people hoped he could do is Simmons. And most of that's coming on the power play. 
Now, granted, I'm not going to complain because Simmons is still Simmons, and even if he's not driving play like he did last year, like you can't complain when a guy scores 35 goals. But you have Shen, who is performing on the power play, but has been a total waste of space any, anywhere else. Then you have Couturier, who is driving play, but can't score. So you have two guys who you were depending on for really solid second-tier production on your team, and neither of them, both of them have very big holes in their game. And it's funny because if you look at it, like Shen's probably been more useful from a tangible standpoint because of point production. At the same time, I'm more worried about Shen replicating this year like, I'm more worried about Shen than I am Couturier because I feel like Couturier will probably score at least better than, he, than he's done this year because the Flyers have the puck in the offense so much when he's on the ice that if he does that again next year, puck's probably going to go in more. Whereas I don't know if Shen can keep scoring every single one of his points on the power play over the next four years. Well, I mean, his scoring overall is, is pretty consistent. I, yes, they've been on the power play, which is not ideal for the overall chemistry of the team, but... On a team that can't score, like, I can't complain yeah, about... That's, right. that, that's what I'm saying. In terms yeah. of tangible yeah. contribution, I can't complain about Shen. It's just that I don't think he can do this again. Well, he did it last year. Well, he didn't score... All, last year, he was good at 5 of 5 better right. That's the thing. So, yes, yeah, so, but we have that, seen it before. Yeah, he could he could rebound. He definitely could rebound. In your, uh, in your 10 observations after the... Uh, after the Saturday game against the Penguins, you said Ghost is back. Is he? You're really going to give me crap on this. No, I'm, <laughs> I, I, no I, I wanted I, to know what you actually thought about He that. is back in Philadelphia from Pittsburgh. Yes, Look, uh, he did. Have you I, seen, I, I, was, I, was, I was more referring to the power play. Okay. That was primarily the reference. It was also because I just kind of wanted to be done observations, and like <laughs> I put a headline in there, and I published it. Like, no, he's not back to what he was, but it was sure as hell nice to see him get one of those ghost bombs from the point to get through and score. That was cool. That was nice to see. Everything about that one shot, I loved. I loved that he wasn't standing stationary. I loved that he was drifting back so that the guy couldn't, so that the defender couldn't just get in front of him and take away the shot. He changed his release point, and I loved that it was low. He's been shooting way too high, looking for corners and stuff. And when you have slot and net front presences, presences, yeah, presence, 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 presence. When you have slot and net front presences, I guess (laughs) a net front, uh, whatever, like Wayne Simmons and Braden Shen, you need to let them be able to make a play on the puck. And Simmons didn't tip this one; it beat the goalie straight. But when you're changing your shooting angle like that, and Simmons is taking away the goalie's eyes, like he does as well as anybody in the league, you can get those goals. You can start to get those. Uh, you can start to get those bounces again. And so, from that standpoint, I agreed with you, Charlie. I was not. I, I liked your observation. It's still not the, the, my favorite thing you've written all year. My favorite thing you've written all year is, uh, was file this under Flyers in-game decisions that probably don't matter all that much, but remain annoying when speaking about uh, Voracek double-shifting with 78 and 76. So I was at the Washington game last week, um, and, and it's the first time I realized I've been more listening to Flyers games recently than watching them on TV. Like, yeah. I've just been I've been either messing around on my computer Scrolling or... Scrolling through your Tinder matches. I don't have Tinder, or I'm playing... You know what I'm actually playing? Ticket to Ride on my phone, um, or Risk. I'm, I'm like, I'm just messing around listening to the games. This was the first time I had seen Voracek getting double-shifted with Vandevelde and Belmar. Yeah, that's a thing. And it drove... It, like, 
I, I was livid for the entire game. I was screaming. I could not understand why I was seeing this, why it was happening. And Michael Raffle got like seven minutes of ice time. <laughs> and and this, this, this was happening. Mm, I, I, I wonder why Jake Forjack isn't so good. Right? Woo! I just could not understand for the life of me why I was watching this with I'm, my I'm, eyeballs. I'm just done with complaining about the lines. <laughs> like, truthfully, like, yes, they're bad on a nightly basis. There's yes, not a lot left yes the decisions are stupid on a nightly basis but like my main concern with the lines was always man every time you make one of these decisions in aggregate they're going to push this team out of a playoff spot well this team's out of a playoff spot like the chances of them making the playoffs are pretty pretty damn slim so like these little you know chopping your win percentage from your win percentage likelihood from 46 percent to 45 percent like it just doesn't matter to me that much anymore what matters to me is the thought process like i assume 100 i assume dave haxtell is going to be the coach again next season and like Thumb. All right, we need to double shift Voracek. That's a good thought. We're losing. Let's get our best, one of our three yes. best players on the ice yes. more. I like that but thought. it means we need some offense, and Jake Voracek, more than anything else, is a puck possession playmaker. Yes. Let's let's give him the two guys who have 0% chance of scoring. Let's get him these offensive powerhouses to go out there more? with. Those are the guys you're, like, uh, yeah, we're going to double shift four check, but we're not actually going to give him a chance. Like, what is, what, what is the, what is the rationale? Can somebody, somebody give me, like, a, a, a smidgen. And the, the, the rationale is that Haxtell loves Belmar and Vandeveld. It's That's all it that, is. That really, and the rationale is that he, he probably looks him. at it and says, well, those guys are great on the forecheck, so like they're going to forecheck the hell out of oh the corners, and then maybe Voracek will be able to score from all their hard work. And it's like, no, they're just not good players. Yeah, oh, It's like, no, yeah. Voracek actually does that part. Really well all year too, Voracek so. actually does that part better than them. That's one of the things he does kind of well. Which is why he's on the line that he yeah. is, and yeah. I just, oh my but god. But it's that thought process that leads me back Back to star of Broad Street Hockey Radio, Andrew McDonald. Mm-hmm. It always goes back to McDonald. Because it? no, because it's the thought process in the Edmonton game in which Hacksaw decided, yeah, you know what, let's play seven defensemen. Amac played 15 minutes and four seconds, second fewest minutes on the team, and you go, that's probably about right. Mm-hmm. Seven defensemen, we can use our our weakest link as little as possible. And then the next game, he goes, I'm healthy, scratching him against Vancouver, and that was good. And they won. Well, come to find out, he really only did that so Andrew McDonald didn't get the mumps. <laughs> he needed a rest. He was very tired. He, he wanted to save Andrew McDonald from the mumps. Clearly, he thought he was he was just giving him a rest because then the next two games, after scratching him in victory, he plays him 19 minutes and 39 seconds and 21 minutes and 19 seconds against Washington and Pittsburgh. I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't like, even have a question. I, there, I don't have like, nothing like, to say. I, 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 I have a question. Yeah. Dave okay. Haxtell, what, what are, are you doing? doing? Like, how do you go from playing the second fewest minutes to being scratched to then playing 20 minutes plus in the next two games? I, I, how? I, I don't know. So the justification that he gave <laughs> was that it was basically, a drug ma- problem. It was basically a maintenance game. Which is not a thing. Like, it's not a thing. Yeah. Your number one defenseman supposedly needs a day off? He's not 45. Yager yeah. 
doesn't get maintenance games. No, Yager's out there for hours after games still yeah, working out. too hard. That's his problem. Yager would slap the shit out of somebody who told him he needed a maintenance game. Let's be real. Yager, can we bring I, him and back? And I mean, like, I don't mean to, re- like, Yager is probably one of... Yeah, he's, he's a freak of nature. Like, he's, he's not yeah. a human he's, person. He's probably on the Mount Rushmore of the NHL, and yeah. no, McDonald doesn't belong in the, he doesn't belong in the league. <laughs> he doesn't I don't mean to compare them. In the ticket like, office. To think that, like, that's the justification he needed a day off so I, I could I continue to play him 20 minutes? Yeah, I don't... There, Yeah, there's no answer I've never to heard any of, of this. Anymore. I've never heard of that for a guy who's 20... What is he, 28 years old? He's See, 30. He's 30, I've yeah. never heard of such a thing. My thought when, when it happened... He doesn't exist. Why don't we give Drew a night off? Maybe, like, his oh, because, hip hurts. Because Drew is bad. <laughs> yeah, apparently. My, my thought when it happened was that, and this was it's kind of my hope, was that... McDonald getting scratched was an example of Ron Hextall starting to exert some authority and be like, "Hey, maybe like maybe we should finally listen to the <laughs> He's stat played people his 40 who have been screaming to like <laughs> bench this guy." But that theory got thrown out the window when <laughs> when days. well when they won they won they the, changed they the winning won lineup. the game like this is like the first friggin' time this year the coach changes the winning lineup and it's to get Andrew McDonald back in the lineup so if 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 Ron Hextall actually was exerting his authority and saying, "Hey, maybe we should bench McDonald," and then they win. Like, you would think that that would then allow Hexel to be like, hey, maybe we should keep him out out of the lineup. But that wasn't the case because he came right back in and immediately jumped back into a top-tier role. So I don't know what the hell the thought process was. The only other explanation I could possibly think of is that maybe they were trying to, quote-unquote, showcase Delzato. And, I mean, he didn't do that well, so... And then no, he, he did back not. To being scratch and I love, like, we're always did. showcasing these bad players. <laughs> everybody Everyone in the world... good we are. Everybody in the world knows who Nick Schultz is. Like, you know, like... Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody is trading them. for Nick Schultz. No, exactly. But um, th- speaking of trades, Charlie, perfect segue. This is a fun thing that I saw on Twitter today, at uh, Ron Lextall, our good friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a fun thing to speculate about. Say Mark Streit gets traded, which I don't see happening, but it very well could. could. He's We've been trading him for four yeah, years. I mean, so yeah, sure, yeah. Every but, deadline. Uh, say he gets traded. He is one of the alternate captains. I hate calling them alternate captains, I too. Cheer. I grew up with assistant captain. It's always been assistant captain, and somewhere along the way, they just started calling them alternates. I don't know. Anyway, he's one of the assistant captains. Say he gets traded. There's an open A. Who gets it? I think it's Voracek. Definitely. Yeah, oh, that so. makes sense. I, I look, think it's got to be Voracek. Okay. that I mean, it makes... Uh, Voracek, Couturier, Shannon Reed have all been here since 2011-12. I would assume Voracek is the most likely to get it. Uh, someone, I don't remember who, but someone pointed out McDonald wore uh, a letter oh in a God. preseason game this oh year. Oh my God, it Could would be not? Andrew McDonald. Oh, <laughs> Chris McDonald. You know what? That would just be funny. Like, like, oh, like yeah. At that point, I, you just have to laugh. If, if they, they were to, to put it on McDonald or Van Develde, I might throw a parade. <laughs> I'm not even mad. I would probably throw I'm a laughing right now. Van Develde the alternate. Oh I would want to do a show every day next week. I would say, let's do a show every day. Well, like I'm half, okay. I'm half rooting Settle for down. when we get to the expansion trip, I'm half rooting for the Flyers to use a protection slot on McDonald, oh God, yes. just because it would be so funny to see Flyers Twitter implode. And like, I don't think it matters one way or the other because I think if they leave him unprotected, he's not getting taken anyway. No, so like, who gives a shit in the grand scheme of things? But just to watch Flyers Twitter, no, I think completely 
eat itself okay. alive, it would be fun. We have a couple minutes, so I'll throw out one of my fun conspiracy theories. Oh, okay. Uh, go ahead first. I, you I probably was, have something real to say. Oh, I was going to go on a rant. Oh, ran away. All right, so we're coming up on the trade deadline, and... It's Wednesday, not Tuesday, as Google said. Google says it's Tuesday. Google has never lied to me before this day today. Google is fake February news. 27th. Google lied to me, and I am upset. Google is fake news. So anyway... That's true. Um... We're we're talking, you know, there's this whole buyers and sellers, buyers and sellers, buyers and sellers. So let's really talk about what it means to sell, because everybody is yelling, sell, sell, sell for Ron Hextall, to Ron Hextall for the Flyers. So, like, when you sell... You, you trade you trade Richards and Carter. Like that's selling the team. That's selling your players that have talent. It's not moving expiring contracts. It's not moving bad players. Selling is selling off the, the pieces. The Flyers have never truly sold. That you think will get you the most Richards return. And was, Richards and Carter is a sell. That was more of like a rebuild. That like a that re- was like an, not a rebuild, like a restructure. That was an instant yeah. rebuild. Yeah. Because you got Couturier with the eighth pick. You got Voracek, a seventh overall pick. You got Shen, the quote best player not in the NHL. But then you got Wayne Simmons. Prospects and at that point. They said they did it. He's still laughing at the best player not in the NHL for Shen, I think. <laughs> yeah. And you said you did it mainly to open up the cap space for to Briss. sign Ilya Brzezgalov yeah. to a $51 million contract. But still. And you had Drew, who you thought was going to be at 1C, and you still had Briere. So it wasn't... The Flyers it was, it have was never sell. sold. It was, it was a sell. I mean, it was not on the, on the full scale of burning down the team, but that was a sell. That was... Not expiring contracts. It was not bad players. So saying that you want the team to be sellers and then listing an untouchable list of the only eight players with talent on the team, <laughs> like you can't, sure. you can't do that. You can't want the team to sell because you've given up on them winning in the short term. Like the sell is so that they can win for the foreseeable future. Just because we're all we're all down on them right now. Like I don't think there's anybody that's looking at this team and it's like, oh yeah, this is good. This team is going places soon. But y- you don't get to keep your favorite players in a sell scenario. Yeah, Proverov and Simmons are my only un- untouchables. See, I wouldn't even put Simmons in there. I just know you need a veteran at some point. You're gonna need him. You're gonna need that guy, even if he's 32 years old. I don't even know if it's we have Chris time for this, but my my problem with people who say that we need to keep Simmons, even if we blow things up, is that I don't even know if it's a smart move to re- to resign Simmons in two years when he's 31 years old yeah. and needs a huge money contract. Like even if you're good in two years, is it a smart move to sign a 31 year old power forward to a five year, nope. six and a half million dollar a year contract? Absolutely. Like, well, I mean, yeah, because you love the guy. Put C on his chest. Someone has to lead this team. Jesus. Uh, I, let me get to, we'll wrap things up real quick, Taylor, but let me get to my conspiracy theory real fast. In recent weeks, and we've played a couple games on national broadcasts recently, there has been a point to make uh, like Andrew McDonald look like a serviceable player. And I truly believe, because Comcast owns NBC, <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. they are trying to yes. pump Andrew McDonald oh, up no. so that... The Golden Knights take him in the expansion draft. I believe I this is coming down true, from but... above. I believe that this is all happening on purpose. And there is a concerted effort by like Mike the Mike Milberries of the world are being told by unnamed, you know, Comcast slash NBC sources to pump this guy up a little bit. And he has no problem with it because he's getting paid regardless. 
Oh, That's my conspiracy theory. Wouldn't that be fun if that Vegas were true? is not going to take Andrew McDonald? I think Maybe. the Flyers are believing their own bullshit at this point. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you lie for so long, you start to believe yeah, it. Like, yeah. You know? And that is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey Radio this week. Uh, be sure to check out BroadStreetHockey.com and also WildfireRadioSports.com. We record our show here. It is an excellent studio. Taylor is the best producer in the business. Have a great week, Philly. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.